only enemies speak the truth. Friends and lovers lie endlessly, caught in the web of duty. This is a quote from American author Stephen King, and we're on part three on a series that we're doing that came out of a Life Buzz article called 30 Things to Stop Doing to Yourself. I decided to dig deeper into each one of the 30 items, and the original article is about one paragraph for each one, and I thought, man, these each deserve an entire episode. So that's what I'm doing. And in this episode, we're going to look at why we lie to ourselves, what we're seeking when we do it, but we're also going to look at when it's beneficial to engage in self-deception or lying to ourselves. But we'll kind of got to dig into that a little bit more because I think that kind of mis, uh, defines what we're doing. So that's what we're going to dig into with this episode. I'm Desmond. This is your Mental Mastery Moment Podcast, episode 70. I believe mental mastery is the greatest component to a successful life. Whether it's discovering your soul's desire, exercising self-discipline, maximizing your productivity, or silently connecting with an infinite creative source through your subconscious mind, you are here to live a life of abundance, gratitude, and love. If this describes you, join the community of like-minded creators at pdesmondadams.com. And now, let's get into today's episode. Well, here's the reality of it. Uh, you're lying to yourself, odds are. That's what the research shows. Uh, they've done studies with large groups of people to try to figure this out. They found out that everybody, to some degree or another, at one time or another, lies to themselves. And we're going to look at why we do that. But uh, if you think men lie more than women or women lie more, that's not the case. We both do it equally. We just tend to lie about different areas make sure that you stick with me all the way through this episode because a very important part of this is going to come on the second half of it when we talk about uh, when it's beneficial to lie to ourselves again i don't really like the way that's stated but you'll understand when you get to the second half let's look at why we lie to ourselves there are really two two reasons we do the first one is we're trying to avoid pain and we, we realize that if we lie to ourselves about our current condition, we can avoid some sort of short-term pain. We can tell ourselves that we're physically doing okay. We don't need to engage in the pain of exercise or eating right because we're, we're okay, I guess. It depends on what you define as okay, but we're certainly not being the best we can be or that we're happy with ourselves the way we are because we're trying to avoid that short-term pain. And when it comes to the physical well-being, we've all heard the phrase, no pain, no gain. So this really should be we lie to ourselves in order to avoid the gain, but we're not that honest about it. We even lie to ourselves about that. We're saying, well, I'm avoiding the pain. What you're really avoiding is the gain that comes from engaging in that short-term pain. You may look at yourself and, and realize that you're out of shape, and you'll say, but you know what? I'm no different than anybody else. I'm fine. I'm, I fit in the averages. I'm doing okay. That's because you don't want to engage in any sort of pain like running or weightlifting, stretching, doing yoga, anything like that. We oftentimes lie to ourselves in other areas where it would cause pain, like constraining our budget or our spending. That's painful when you have to tell yourself, there's something I want, but nope, not going to buy it. Oh, that, that is a pain point right there for most people. And we lie to ourselves about our budget. We lie to ourselves about our financial condition in order to avoid that pain. Limitations, as I mentioned, in our food indulgences, we tell ourselves, well, one piece of pie is not going to hurt. Oh, just another slice of cake. That's not going to hurt me. And we, we lie to ourselves about whether it is going to be good or bad for us because the, 
the short-term pain is what we're trying to avoid. How about this? Dealing with unhealthy relationships. How many times do we lie about our, our, the condition of our relationship in order to avoid dealing with the reality of the situation? So that's the first half of it. That's the first reason why we lie to ourselves. The second reason is to boost our self-esteem or probably more accurately to bring pleasure to ourselves. We lie to ourselves to bring pleasure to ourselves. See, there's really only two reasons why we do anything. We're trying to avoid pain or seeking pleasure. Those are the two things that motivate us all as human beings. And when we lie to ourselves about our condition, we can boost our self-esteem. We can lie to ourselves about how well we're doing at something. See, this really is just the inversion of the, of the avoidance of pain one that we just talked about. With the avoidance of pain, we're not really affirming anything. But with this one, we're, we're basically ignoring the negatives. But with this half of the equation, we're affirming something. So it's more of an affirmative action that we're taking on this half of it. So we're trying to tell ourselves that we're better than we really are and that's bringing us pleasure. Maybe you'd say something to yourself about, man, I did absolutely everything I could to try to save that relationship. That's probably not true. Maybe you've said something like this before. I know I have. I'm just about the only person on the job who's really doing anything of any substance. Well, then you're boosting your self-esteem. You're making yourself feel better about yourself, but you're lying to yourself in saying that. So we need to understand those two things. We're avoiding pain or we're seeking pleasure, and that's why we lie to ourselves. Now, let's dig into this whole thing that I mentioned about when it's beneficial to lie to ourselves because this is going to be very difficult to explain, so follow along, but this is about knowing your identity, being honest with yourself about your actions but not basing your identity on what you physically see, okay? So let, let's dig into this, okay? Reality can be incredibly deceiving, especially when, when we realize that our reality can be changed through the power of our thoughts. One of my favorite quotes from Wayne Dyer uh, says, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at begin to change. Your reality changes when you change your mindset. And, and our, our thoughts create ultimately our reality. So if I'm telling myself that what I physically see is true, so I'm being honest in most people's perception, I'm perpetuating the reality that I have. But when I'm dishonest or I deceive myself about what appears physically, I'm creating a more positive future, a better future, a future that's more in alignment with the truth that's internal. Does that make sense? Hopefully it does for you. If it doesn't, let me know. You can comment under this post, but maybe it will after we dig into this a little bit more. Keep it in mind that everything we think about has the potential to become our reality and no longer being a lie. Some of you are going to hear that and you're going to reject that flat out because it just doesn't fit your religious worldview, and I understand that, and I'm going to talk about that as well. I, I do get that. I, I did the same thing for a very long time, but I want you to open your mind to this. Stick with me. Don't bail out yet, okay, because I'm going to address this. Each of us is in a different place in our journey and our understanding of the life that we live. So let's talk about the difference between your physical self and your true self because that will help us understand what's a lie and what's the truth because one can be different than the other. 
we have to be careful when we determine the truth versus deception based solely on what we see, what we hear, what we feel in the physical. We may be lying to our spiritual self, about our spiritual self, I should say. Think about this. And I come from a long time in the evangelical Christian culture, so I get this and I understand it and I understand the hurdles that you're going to have getting to where I am now. And if you're not from that world, bear with me because I'm going to start saying some things that sound very religious-y, very churchy, very Christian-y. So bear with me as we go through this. But I'm sure if you have family members who are in that uh, world, you've probably heard these things before. Uh, but, but I want to kind of make it relatable to everybody. Those who are in the evangelical Christian worldview bubble, I want to bring you to a place where hopefully you can see this the way I now see it. And those of you who aren't in that place, I want to bring you to a place where you see value in what you may hear some people in the, in that other side, <laughs> not that we're on opposing sides, but on that other side um, saying. So y- you may have heard this. We talk about how God sees us compared to how the world sees us. It's the Christ within us through which we're to see ourselves. That's the way God sees us. So you hear a lot of Christians say that. So So you have to ask yourself, And forgive me for stumbling over this because this is a very, very deep, very, very complex um, idea here. In Christianity, you're taught that this identity through Christ only comes when you've regurgitated this magic uh, set of words. And apparently that allows us to do this. But I've come to the realization that, that Jesus wasn't talking or teaching about an exclusive access to that Christ within. (gasps) Now the gasps. Okay, I get it. I understand. But he encouraged us all to see ourselves the same way. So now everybody who's not in that bubble is going, yeah, yay. Everybody who's in that bubble is going, what are you saying? Let me explore a little bit further. Hopefully you can understand. If not, please message me. So if you've known you've done something that's harmful to yourself or others, as we call sin, but God sees the true self or the Christ within you, that's pure, that's perfect, that's whole. Is God believing a lie about you? That's the crux of this whole thought. You see, you have to see yourself, your identity, through that lens, through that lens of the Christ within you, through that lens that God sees you, or, yeah, I guess that's probably the best way of saying it, through the way that God sees you. And God doesn't see you, isn't lying about who you are the physical form is a lie about the true form within so hopefully now you can see how it might be best to lie to yourself when you want to believe the false appearance of yourself based on the visible physical world and i know this is an odd world view but i want to encourage you to explore it a little bit so let me let me dilute it down a little bit the true you that Christ within you, every one of you, that perfection that is within you, that is not what you physically see. What you physically see is a lie about your identity. So I want you to lie about your identity when you want to believe the physical. Does that make sense? I want you to lie about what you're seeing and own that identity of the perfection within. And now you're thinking, well, then I'm never going to get any better, right? Speak only of the truth of the Christ within you 
do not be misled by the lies of the physical world. When, when we begin to embrace and own that identity, we'll move physically to better reflect that true self in the physical, just as it is in the spiritual. So then the question becomes, so how do I deal with my shortcomings? I'm lying to myself. I'm telling myself I'm awesome. I'm great. Everything's perfect. I am perfection. I am pure. I am everything that that Christ within me is. And we're doing all kinds of things that are not really reflecting that. That's a very difficult place to be. Psychologists will tell you, though, the best way to turn around the behavior of a child is to convince that child that they're better than the person they're acting like. When we emotionally and psychologically beat down and berate a misbehaving child, we train that child to believe they are who we say we are. You're very bad and you don't deserve to play outside today. You've been very bad. Or maybe you've said something like, you never do your homework, you're going to fail your class, you're just going to end up dropping out of school and being a complete failure. That's what we've said to our kids before. I know we have. What's worse than that is we say this, thing, this stuff to ourselves, maybe not out loud, but we think it. You maybe think to yourself, I'm horrible at math. I'm never going to pass this class. Or I just can't control myself when it comes to eating right. And I'm just going to have to deal with being overweight. These are lies we tell to ourselves about our identity, and they reinforce our negative behavior. When we start to tell ourselves that we are the perfection that is within us, our external behaviors change. I remember I was a smoker for some years when I was younger, and I remember hearing somebody say, and I started to do this, Whenever I would crave a cigarette, I would go, what? Why am I doing that? I'm not a smoker. Non-smokers don't crave cigarettes. Why would I be so ridiculous and crave a cigarette when I don't smoke? And that worked. It really honestly worked. I didn't snap my fingers and everything was better and the, the, the physical urges for the nicotine withdrawal went away. But it helped with the, the mental and the psychological aspect of it. And that's what happens with your kids. When you reinforce with your kids and you tell them that, you say, man, you're such a good kid. You're such a good boy. You're so well-behaved. Why would you have tried to steal a cookie out of there? That's not you. That's not who you are. See, when you tell them that, then they start to believe that, and then they start to understand, well, a good, well-behaved child doesn't steal cookies. And so we need to do the same thing with ourselves. I realized this was a very difficult topic, and I realized I went into some areas that are probably hard for you to digest, but I just want you to just let them be there for right now. I don't need you to embrace them completely, but I do want you to think about them, and I know there's some hurdles in some of the things I've said, depending upon your worldview, but just allow them to be there. You don't need to affirm them, but just allow them to be there and to let this um, settle inside your soul a little bit okay be honest with yourself about your actions in the areas you need to improve be honest about that but also be honest about your identity make sure you differentiate those two so you own the perfect identity within you which is going to compel yourself to manifest the actions of your true self do this by reinforcing your true identity when you speak of yourself in spoken word in thoughts Reminding yourself always to align your actions with the perfection, with the Christ that is within you. So that's the 
part three in the series, a difficult one. I, I had difficulty conveying it, and I imagine you're going to have some struggles uh, digesting it. But there you go. That's part three in the series on 30 things to stop doing to yourself. Again, if you want to catch up on all 30, you want to see the entire list, you can go to the page I've created just for this, pdesmondadams.com slash 30 things, and that's the letter, the numbers three, zero things pdesmondadams.com slash 30 things and that'll walk you take you through all of them as i publish each one i'm going to create a link to it and i'll embed the audio so you can follow that of course the easiest way to follow along is to make sure you're subscribed to the mental mastery moment podcast you can do that in itunes at pdesmondadams.com slash itunes or if you're on an android i highly recommend the stitcher app you can go to pdesmondadams.com slash Stitcher. I'm not going to try to spell it this time. I know it's not that hard, but I struggled in the last episode. Uh, so both of those places you can subscribe to the podcast. And, of course, always we can connect on Facebook at facebook.com slash pdesmondadams or on Twitter at pdesmondadams. I hope you're seeing the trend here, the, the, the whole pdesmondadams thing, trying to, you know, maybe get that out there. <laughs> All right. I appreciate your patience with me on this. I, I do hope that you'll connect with me if you have any questions or if there was something difficult to understand. All right. Thanks so much. May your reach always extend beyond your grasp.